Well, with this being a restart, I apologize for round one going as it did, but um, we can kind of start from the beginning, which was give us a little bit about your background, what's gotten you into real estate, basically from the start of your career to current point. All right. Okay. Welcome back to MVP podcast. This is podcast edition number 29 and a half. Yes. 29 and a half. Okay. Now um, you can tell us about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um, thank you for having me. And so I have an interesting background, uh, born and raised in Houston, uh, went to college in Iowa. And then after college, I wanted to go straight to grad school, but I knew I needed a break and I needed money and I just was burnt out. Um, so I came back home and just started doing kind of odd jobs. I, um, the one I did the most was I was a substitute teacher for a while. Well, then that's when Hurricane Ike hit here in Houston. And I started working as a temp for a um, room, I guess at that point, it's name. it was, I just thought it was doors and windows. Um, and they told me it was just going to be uh, uh, repair, or it was just going to be data entry. And so I went out and um, they were, they were wrong. <laughs> it was not data entry. Uh, so what had happened is when the hurricane hit, was damaged. The company I worked for decided that they were going to do a contingent contract. So the repairs they needed done would be done at whatever amount the insurance company gave them. And if the insurance company didn't give them enough, they said, okay, we'll go back and we'll, argue for more money. So when I started, I had to learn uh, an architectural program called Xactimate um, really quickly. And so basically, uh, when a guy went out there and did the review and came back with all the issues, I had to do a mock-up in the computer and send it off to the insurance company with the requested amount. Um, then that rolled into, okay, the insurance company said no. So Lydia, you have to go out there and tell them, um, you know, why they should give it to us. Well, I'm straight out of college. I had never dealt with anything in the remodeling industry before. And I'm like arguing square footage and carpet and roofing and, uh, you know, drywall with like grown men. <laughs> it was <laughs> trial by fire, drink from the fire hose type situation, but yeah, I learned yeah. so much. Yeah. I learned so, so much. Um, That's a huge that thing to, to get into so early. Cause even now when I'm dealing with so many different contractors, when they give you a price, like it's tough to go back in and be like, no, that's not going to work. I'm going to go for yeah, another vendor. Yeah. Like that is easy as it sounds. Like it's tough when you're in the moment, especially 21 out of college. Um, I mean, at that point in my career, I was a bartender and I'm thinking <laughs> of it. If I was 21 working with contractors I'm working with now and pushing back on price and saying, Hey, that timeline doesn't work. You need to move. You need to move this up a week. Super tough. So kudos to you at 21. <laughs> Thank you. I definitely learned how to push back really well and negotiate in that position because, you know, I didn't, I, mean, I learned very quickly the importance of 
carrying paint through the threshold and having carpet pass the threshold, even though it's not, you know, damaged past there. Just, I mean, the aesthetics of a, someone's house. And um, it was very interesting. So I did that for a year. And then after that, and like the kind of the repairs died down, I transferred into their bread and butter business, which was uh, windows, siding, doors, roofing, and outdoor remodels. And so I have a lot of knowledge about random building products, specifically Hardy Plank. I can put up Hardy Plank. I can tell you all about their color technology. (laughs) I can install a window. Um, I never got up on a roof and did roofing, but I did learn how to install all of that. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not a heights person. So yeah. I remember we had a, a training at uh, GAFL and they were like, okay, guys, let's get up on the roof. I was like, nope, I'll take pictures from the floor. <laughs> and they were like, come on. I'm like, no, there's no way I'm getting up there. Um, but, you know, so I learned all about that and I stayed there for about five years. And then I went to work at Pella Windows and Doors and, um, So again, window business, door business, and that was pretty much it. They didn't do anything else. But the difference was, is that the first company I worked for, um, like home remodels, we were dealing with, you know, um, like your everyday homeowner that needed new windows or wanted to, you know, they've been saving and they wanted to upgrade their home. But when I went to Pella, because of the name behind it and what type of windows they deal with, uh, these were very high-end customers. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, you know, $12,000 for a front door. Um, yeah. And, I use uh, Pella and sometimes it hurts. Oh, my it, it, it really does. I mean, the, they're, you know, they are higher. And, and it's so funny because at my last, at the company before that, we dealt mostly with vinyl uh, extruded windows. So, you know, your Simontons of the world. Um, and, you know, those honestly are better placed for Texas because humidity. Um, mm-hmm. The windows at Pella, the fact that even if they're vinyl on one side, there's usually wood on the other side. Yeah. Those don't last long in Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's very funny because people want it for the aesthetics, not for the actual, you know, reason behind a window. And so, you know, I went from dealing with homeowners directly to dealing with uh, nannies and house guys and personal assistants. And it was a very different lifestyle when I moved over to Pella. Wow. That's awesome. Uh, And then from there, I just, go ahead, sorry. Oh, I was going to say, I was just going to talk about the whole Pella thing. Um, when you don't know windows, when you start talking to somebody who knows windows and is in that industry, it is telling the different qualities and um, what it's rated for in terms of wind or weather and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Because there was one uh, remodel we were doing, we were putting in a window and they bought like a single pane, something from a big box <laughs> retailer. And I was like, no, you've got HVAC going in this room. It's on an external, like that's it's just not going to work. And they're like, well, it was pretty cheap. And I was like, yeah, it was for a reason. And then I gave them my contact over at Pella. And I was like, can you please talk to the customer? Because I admit, when I negotiate, I admit, like, I'm not an expert in windows. You should talk to a window person. But from what I know, 
that's not going to work. And then I refer them to someone who's in the industry. That person, nine times out of 10, will confirm, yep, that's not going to work. And then it's a tough conversation of, okay, that's going to come with a higher price tag. Right. Which, right. I mean, when you're going into somebody's home and you're saying, yep, we can do the repair, they're all like, okay, awesome. We found the solution. And then you hand over the piece of paper that's like $15,000. We just replaced all of our windows in our house last year. And it wasn't exorbitantly expensive, but we also don't live in a neighborhood that would require pillow windows, if that makes sense. Like we live in eh, just a little bit, like a little bit lesser of a neighborhood where I'm like, it could be a step or two down from there and it would Mm -hmm. be fine. But if we lived in a higher end neighborhood, I could definitely see the pillow windows and that kind of stuff being meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. They're absolutely beautiful windows. Um, But you only had them if you were keeping up with the Joneses or you had a house price that was pretty high and you were doing aesthetics. I mean, the average person just needed, you know, a nice double pane window. I remember um, when I finally moved to the bread and butter of the last company, um, it's when argon gas was really popular to put in between panes. And so sometimes the gas had a little bit of a tint to it. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell you how many service calls or quality checks I went out to with people losing their mind over <laughs> like a slight tint of, of, uh, of the gas. And it was just like, you know, just calm down. There's, you're, you're, you, there are so many more benefits then like the ever so slightly if you close one eye and tilt your head then you know people there will never be anything more hilarious or scary than a homeowner mid remodel because yeah you know that's their biggest purchase usually of their life and they are ready to murder anybody who ruins their plan or gets in the middle of their plan or tells them they can't have exactly what they want. Um, it, I, I've got tons of stories. <laughs> yeah. And I've learned, I learned pretty early in terms of like doing the home remodels, obviously on my own projects, I can kind of pick and choose what I want to do. When we go into somebody else's home and they're like, okay, we want to put the bathroom over here and the office over there and then mount a TV over on this wall. Like, can you do that? I'm like I can do whatever you want. It's, you want to pay for what you want because if you're going to put a bathroom on the other side of your plumbing stack like that is going to be way more expensive than putting it right over on this wall but yeah. that changes the layout so like you have to tell me would you rather pay more to run your plumbing to the other side of the house or do you want to put it where it could be super easy and you got like three feet of plumbing mm-hmm. um, and then you get in you sign the contract and you show up and they're like hey i actually want to move this wall and i want to do the external walls now and i'm like okay we can do that but like I'm gonna, have to, I'm gonna at least have to charge for like time and labor. I'm not gonna upcharge you for all these like other fees and stuff. But I mean that's especially lumber prices now. I mean that's another fifty two by fours to frame out a wall. So I mean I can't just eat that cost. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's the tough kind of communication that you need to be pretty good at. And you learned early telling somebody that hey it's gonna be more expensive than you thought. <clears throat> and it's you kind of put the onus back on them. Like my quote was for what I quoted, what you wanted. If you want to change it, I'll change it. I'll work with you, but you got to work with me and know that what you're changing is going to change what we do in our process. 
And I think if you can talk to them enough to get them to realize that there's a give and take in this, and we're all working to get your basement done or your bathroom done or your laundry room done. Mm -hmm. Usually it's okay, but it's, you get a little nerve wracked when you push back the first time, you don't know how they're going to react. Exactly. Cause you've got those that are realistic and those that want what they want, how they want it. Right. And those are always the fun ones. <laughs> I don't know if I would be a good like person to be like, now you as a remodeler, you are good or you are not good. I don't know. I don't know what people would rate me as. <laughs> <laughs> you'd be, you'd be well, all right. Oh, I'd be okay. Yeah. Okay. Phew. Well, um, so after working at Pella, I actually switched industries. Um, But in 2017, I bought my first house and uh, in the process, I, you know, everyone's obsessed with uh, house hunters, house hunters, international, all the things on HGTV. So going and doing that process myself, I realized like, it's not like the TV, but it's actually still a really interesting thing. Like I still enjoyed it. So uh, I actually ended up going to get my real estate license after that, still having my other full-time job and start working with the actual realtor that sold me my house. Um, Then life happened. So, um, you know, everything kind of went awry. The, you know, the realtor I used to work with, he's moved on and I'm in the process of updating all my stuff and looking for a new broker. Um, And that's been an interesting task in itself, looking for a new brokerage to work with um, that can, will allow me to A, work the schedule that I need to work and B, work with the people I want to work with. Right. That is a, that's a, I think a dynamic that is so niche to real estate because I've never gone into an interview and been able to say, so what, what are you expecting out of my hours? Or are you okay if I, if I'm booked on a Tuesday with other stuff, I'm just not going to be in the office. And mm-hmm. with me having my full-time uh, flipping in property management company, I'm also a licensed agent. And I just went through that process of interviewing brokers. And there were two that we walked out of the meeting and I said, hey, you guys are great. I like what you guys have set up, but it's just not a good, it's not a good match because I can't give you 30 consistent hours a week. I can't give you 40. I can't call 70 people a week. I just don't have enough time in the day. So I had to find that broker that was, yep, your experience. Um, you can make your own hours. You can take the clients you want or not take the clients you want. Um, and once you find that, that niche and that partnership and the expectations are, are like on the same playing field, it's, it's freeing, I guess. And yeah. now you have me as a perfect client, Marcus. So the world is your oyster. That is true. We're condo hunting. We're condo hunting right now. Super exciting. Yeah, but what you said about finding the right brokerage is very important because just like you have so many things juggling, so do I. You know, Mm -hmm. I have a full-time job. I have a small child and I like working with buyers. I, um, you know, maybe down the road when I'm doing real estate full-time, getting listings will be way more interesting to me. And Mm -hmm. I think it will, because 
I, you know, I, one of my degrees from college is in, in art. So I have a nice design eye. And so I can see, you know, down the road, wanting to take listings and working with the staging company to I get it, that. you know, well for, for viewing. But at this point, I just finding, you know, if a listing fell in my lap, of course I would take it, but it's definitely not something I am searching for. I'm searching for buyers. Mm-hmm. Um, and specifically, I like buyers who aren't looking for turnkey. Uh, I mean, new construction, turnkey, you know, very young houses. I mean, those are great. Those are very easy to sell. Um, but from my remodeling background and, mm-hmm. you know, I spent almost 10 years in that industry. Um, you know, I like a good project and I like yeah. homeowners that can see the big picture. They just don't see like, I don't like that paint or, you know, this room feels kind of small or something like that. And I'm like, well then, you know, let's go test the wall. You know what? This sounds like a hollow wall, bust down the wall, yeah. you know, let's, let's you know get some new paint that's a weekend a couple beers and a couple friends like do the little things don't let that hold you off from finding you know the house is it's right sized good neighborhood good good um school district but you don't like the paint there's an extra wall you don't like come on don't let that you know, get in your way. But I think that goes back to starting remodeling and negotiating and having to talk to people about that type of stuff that comes very natural for me. I'm just like, yeah, "Yeah, come on, look at it different. We can do this. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, what I love is that you are niche focused on, on the buyers and the, the part of real estate that you want to work in. Um, because I feel like there's a lot of people that come in and they're like, I'm going to reach out to 200 of my people in my network. I'm going to see who wants to buy, who wants to sell. Do they know about anybody that wants to sell or buy rather than saying, I don't really want to work with sellers. I it's a hassle. It takes too much of my time. I don't want to do all the paperwork. I like buyers. Then go with buyers because you can dive so deep into buyers that you can generate buyer leads. That'll carry you for a career. You can get mm-hmm. in close with brokers who have listings. So if you're the first agent they call and you know, if they know that you are going to bring buyers to the table, you better believe their brokerage is going to have a listing and they're going to text you or email you. Hey, we got Mm -hmm. one coming up. Do you have any buyers? And if you have this long network of buyers, like brokers are going to come to you. You can go to wholesalers. There are people out there that buy wholesale. You can get close with the wholesaler and say, Hey, I've got this whole network of buyers. Let me know when you have your next deal. And you can get so like granular with that niche and then everything's going to take off. And then once you get that solidified, then you can maybe take on your buyer or your, your listings. Um, then you may be able to go to a, a bank and say, hey, do you have anything that, I mean, there's people that I know that literally just have two connections. Their two connections are within a bank and they get all of the pre-foreclosure or foreclosure properties to list them. And they make a career off that. So, I mean, that's like a a testament to like getting focused on what you want. And then for you, with your interest in actually creating what could be, the buyer buys the house. Now you can offer your service of, hey, I've done this before. If you want help, I'm not a general contractor, but at least I can give you context to who you should call for this or who you should, Mm -hmm. this is when you should time this out. 
and that's an added benefit to why they'd want to work with you as your their buyer rep. Exactly. I think so many, like you said, agents go into it and they just go down their catalog and try and call everybody for a listing or or sell or or a buyer. And I mean that works for some people. I'm I'm not saying it doesn't, but yeah. I think when you can hone in on, like you said, what you're looking for and what you want to do, you can throw all your effort and time in that direction and, you know, at least be happy with what you're doing. Cause I mean, I could take a listing, but I'm not going to enjoy it. I'm doing it just because, you know, but if I can take that same time and be out on the road or having a meeting with the buyer and really trying to like narrow down what they want, then, you know, the excitement of, okay, you told me you wanted this. This is what I'm giving you. What do you think? You know, I think that's exciting, but that's my personality. And, you know, not everybody like me, apparently. <laughs> that's a good no, I, I think it's great, especially when you're sitting down with those buyers and you say, hey, I specialize in like DIY homes or the ones that need a little TLC in them. And I work exclusively with buyers. That is what I do. If that person is coming in looking for that, you pretty much just sold them. So yeah. yeah and that's, that's confidence in, in knowing what you want to do. And if you stay focused with that, I'm sure it's going to pay off once you find that broker. That's what it is. Right. That is because I have to find a broker who's willing to understand like I am going to be part-time. Does that mean I'm not going to put as much effort? Absolutely not. It just means that I am not going to be available 24 seven. And, you know, my work ethic is going to work perfectly fine with that, but they're going to have to meet me and trust that I can, can do that. And then, you know, on top of that, and I'm sure you, I don't know how it is in Wisconsin, but, you know, some of the crazy fees that brokers want to charge agents, um, to hold their license, you know, being that I would be part-time, I'm not going to. For, and, and I say this now, once I start looking more, maybe I'll change my mind. But as of right now, I don't want somewhere who's going to, someone who's going to charge me monthly, you know, if I'm working part-time and I have a job that's going to just take a little bit longer to get through because we are looking for something specific. I don't want to pay a monthly brokerage fee when I'm technically not even using you, you yeah. know, I'll right now I'm of the opinion I'll pay per transaction. Um, but you know, out here, I mean, there's decent money and charging monthly brokerage fees. And so not a lot of people are doing, uh, per transaction. Yeah. You see a kind of a mix up here, but generally what you'll see is if you're, and I'm saying not like the big box, like the, the nationwide brokerages Uh that have staff on staff on staff in all different States. Um, but when you find those smaller brokerages, you'll see the per transaction fee. Um, and then you'll see some that um, you just have to pay for E&O insurance. So you pay for your own error and omission, like 75 a month, um, just to keep up with your office fee. That's like the maintenance fee. And then yeah, yeah. if you want to use their CRM, you buy into that. Otherwise it's just 75 a month. You get your own leads, you do your own thing. Um, which is a gift and a curse because then you find some people that are like, well, I'm just going to get my license. I'll do what I want. You don't hear from them for like four months and all of a sudden they have a buyer and you're like, well, you haven't done anything in four months. How do I know that 
like one, you know, are you keeping up to date with everything? Do you know how to fill out the contract correctly? Those kind of things. Yeah. So that's where there's the give and take and the vulnerability on the broker end to know that that part-time agent is still doing their stuff. And I mean, me studying to, to become my own broker, those are things that I'm now considering where, okay, how do I want the brokerage to operate? I can't even imagine somebody like not using their real estate license in like months. Like for me, I was looking at a contract that you sent over to me the other day and I was like, wait, what is this? I can't remember because it's been years since I worked, since I even looked at a contract. I was like, yeah. what is this Marcus? And me, I've done it for a few years that I took like a eight month break and then I got back into it with the new brokerage. And even at that one, I was like, hey, I haven't written a contract in <laughs> nine months. So I'm going to write it and I'm going to send it to you. Can you just confirm that everything's good? Just double check. Right. Because yeah. obviously we're dealing with like one of the biggest assets that anybody's going to buy. And I, mm-hmm. even doing it before, just taking that little break, I was like, hey, can you double check? So, I mean, yeah, it's kind of scary when you get back into it, but it's like riding a bike. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so have you narrowed down any brokers? I'm curious now. Um, not really. So I'm, I'm looking for smaller, I'm trying to find a smaller kind of a niche one. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm not, there's so, especially with the market right now, I just feel like there's so many new at least in Houston there's so many new brokerages like popping up left and right and people just trying to get started and they're just looking for bodies and um there's so um I mean there's so much like competition in the in the brokerages right now because there are so many people trying to buy you know it's been it's been a struggle I, you know, I wanted to avoid the big box companies, the Remaxes and the, there's like a garden one. I can't remember. Like I'm trying to avoid those, but yeah. um, there's one that is, I, I like them, but I, when we spoke, I don't think they're going to be okay with my schedule. I do have a coworker I used to work with who is um, an executive member of a brokerage, but they're this isn't going to be anything to y'all, but they're out in Katy. So a little geography lesson about Houston. Houston's about that big. (laughs) Uh, And and then around Houston, there's other cities and they kind of still consider, you know, when you look at it on a map, it just looks like Houston's like even bigger, but it, you know, from here to here is like a 45 minute to an hour drive. Yeah. And so I have an opportunity, but they are 45 minutes away. So I think eventually we're going to talk about maybe them wanting to, cause they only work in their little area. And yeah. so if I can uh, show them the benefits of maybe expanding and having somebody work in the Northwest where I am, I'm not imposing on any of their, you know, bread and butter down there with any of their agents. I'm up here. I'm, you know, going to be part-time. So if I can just lay out like 
some sort of road, they can then find a full-time person or then I'll be ready to go full-time and be like an expansion for them. Yeah. Um, Little satellite office. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to like ease my cohort, my ex coworker into it thinking like, Hey, look at the big picture. It's all about diversifying and having many hands in the fire, but um, we'll see. Yeah. Because that's that's what I would do if I had a brokerage. I'd have satellites all around the city and outside of the city in the rural areas. Because, you know, who doesn't want to, you know, sell a couple million dollars worth of acreage? I mean, all you got to do is do the land deed (laughs) and go about your day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's what I would do if I had a brokerage. But we'll see. Some people, you know. You'll get there one day. Yeah. I will. I will. You'll get I have a plan for a whole empire eventually. So Love I it. like that. <laughs> well, we'll keep checking in on you for sure. As you build that. Yeah. We've got so many know. tabs that we got to go back and check on guests of what they're trying to create. Cause we really have, we're going back uh, this coming Friday with one from a few months ago. So, yep. Yeah. Well, and I find it super interesting because what I'm trying to do is, like I've got my long-term plan of kind of being a, I want to be like an angel investor for other people starting out trying to flip homes and all that. So mm-hmm. be able to provide capital to people, especially that were in my shoes that have the drive and the dedication and the will and like the want to do it, but don't have the money to do it. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to offer like the gift that I got to get started to somebody else and keep that going. I mean, that's my long-term plan, but that is like decades down the road, I'm sure. Um, And all Marcus has to do is teach me all of the investing techniques that he uses on a day-to-day basis. He just needs to teach me that every day. So (laughs) it's a big guessing game. I just think of a number and I'm like, well, that's what I'll buy it at. No science behind it. No math. (laughs) Um, But there's obviously small steps before that. And I mean, brokerage is one of the steps that I want to be, but I need to be an agent and get my points. I don't know if it's like that in Houston, but you need X amount of points and X amount of time as an agent before you can get your brokerage license. I think it's an X amount of time. I don't think okay. there's anything but points. I just think you have to have like a couple of years under your belt and yeah. then you can take the classes and set for the test. Yeah. And I mean, real estate, just like what you were saying when you hit roadblocks and you don't know what path to take. Like I had a major setback. I thought I had all my points and I just need to finish up my time allotment. And I called the state department after I finished all of my testing for the brokerage license, passed it, scheduling the final test. I called the state to schedule it. They're like, yeah, you don't have any points. Your last broker didn't put you on any of the contracts. Oh I was like, oh no. And like, it's deflating for a couple of days because you're like, I did mm-hmm. all of that work for nothing. But when you look back, it wasn't nothing. I learned so much through it. And yes, I didn't get my credit for it, but like I have the credit up here and it's going to make the next, we have 40 points, next 40 points come quicker mm-hmm. to get to that next step. And I mean, there are some people that are like, well, this industry is out to get me and it's never going to work and I'm giving up and I picked the wrong thing. You're so dang optimistic, Marcus. You have to be. You do. You have to be. I mean, you tell me about experiences where you walked into a meeting when you're with 
Pella or that siding company. Right. And you're like, this is a done deal. Easiest thing ever. I'm going to walk in, tell them it's done. And you get out the door and you're like, what just happened? <laughs> so so if you're not positive in real estate, you're in for a short career on it. Because, I mean, we're supposed to get shingles delivered yesterday. And they call you the day of and they're like, yep, we're a week behind. You're like, okay, yeah. sounds good. Now we go in recoup mode and try to figure out what's going on. Yeah. So that week where we should be roofing gives us a week to do this. And that's kind of where we take it. So yes, overly optimistic, Natasha. Thank you. I mean, I could be the mean boss and just yell at you all day and everything's everybody else's fault. You really could. You really could, Marcus. Instead, you say, hey, just go make this look pretty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's a little better option where I'm just like, Natasha, I need this sign with this information. Do what you do. And then something shows up and I'm like, that's perfect. So I don't really get in your way. <laughs> All right. That works for Fine. us. I try not to. I try not to. Thank um, you. So after you get your broker picked out you start working mm-hmm. on your buyers do you think you're going to go in and try to like do you see general contracting in your future where you can or interior design where you can help them with that kind of stuff as like a value oh, add? absolutely uh more on the general contracting side because i know what looks pretty and doesn't look pretty but don't ask me to pick it out don't ask me to name anything it's like that pretty blue one right there. <laughs> so I have, you know, I have friends in that industry because, you know, like you talked about wanting to be an angel investor. Like my long-term goal would be to have a, uh, you know, lack of better words, an empire worked out where not like my friends have things that they can get business from. Like, let's make this really strong community and network of, people, you know, working for themselves and making things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have, you know, friends that can do the, the design part. I want to get to the point because I enjoyed it the most when I was in remodeling is getting in there and helping people, um, number one, uh, see the potential in what they have and where they can go. And then also, um, you know, a lot of people and Houston's really bad about it. A lot of people get um, taken for a run with contractors and installers and builders out here. Um, there's a lot of people who are supposed to be insured that are not. We don't have a lot of the tight uh, regulations that other states have or other cities, have, or I guess the state regulates. So other states have things very locked down and Texas does not. Um, so you know, consulting with them in a way that I can say, okay, this is what you want to do. Let me, let me tell you, these are going to be your best, let's say architects to work with. And then once they have your plan, let me get you in touch with these four general contractors, meet with them, tell them, you know, show them your plans, what plans, you know, what contractor did you like, you know, let's review your contract. Okay. The contracts in order. Okay. They are good. And then, you know, even to the point where, okay, you've signed the contract, you're going to get moving. Now I will continue to check up and make sure that your job is moving in the right direction because, you know, 
sorry, you're a contractor, but contractors don't always want to move forward. They're not yeah. always your timely friends. And a lot of it, I will say has to do with materials and, you know, the weather and, ex, you know, extenuating circumstances that some, you know, contractors just move kind of slow and you need somebody that they are, don't want to see every day to like, keep them, keep them moving. Come on, let's get, yep. you know, let's get this going. And so that is where I really feel like that's going to be like the first major uh, branch to, you know, my regular buyers. And then that's my first little branch off because uh, on top of that, uh, my father is in the uh, construction and remodeling business as well. And, you know, I told him, I said, you're getting old. You need to, you need to back away from the hammer once in a while. And so like, I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, he, because he's done it so long, he's the best person to go annoy the shit out of people until <laughs> they do their job. And I'm like, dad, you can just drive around and annoy people until they get the job done and then you leave. <laughs> it sounds like <laughs> a great so, job. And I'm like, you know, that that's you right then and there. And, you know, I, I'm, I just, you know, my thing is I want to, anybody who wants a job, I want to be able to give them the opportunity to work with me and and do what they want to do and fulfill and have the life that they want. Yeah, no, that is awesome. And I know that there's so many people, I get calls. I got a call yesterday um, for someone that was like, Hey, um, I need someone to do a well inspection. Do you do that? And I was like, unfortunately, I I'm not an inspector, just a property manager, but I do have somebody that can refer you to and they're like, oh, thank God. I've called like eight people today and I haven't got a single call back. No one's answered and no one's called back. And I was like, yeah, I mean, things are, I'm in the industry and it's hard for me to get a call back. Mm-hmm. So they're busy, but I will, I'll give you the information. I will call and leave a voicemail. Hopefully that helps them give you a call. But yeah, if there is somebody that can go around and be in the ear of the contractor every day, isn't it like the squeaky wheel gets the grease? Yeah, absolutely. So the one person that calls every day in when I, I love podcasts, obviously do one, but I, I listen to them whenever I'm in the car. Um, the one thing that the, uh, all experienced investors say was in the beginning, I didn't want to call a contractor because either I'm going to get bad news or things are delayed or, Hey, there's an issue or your price went up. And on the off chance, they give me good news, but usually it's be bad. So I would just not call them and I would check in like every week or every two weeks. And I found out like the day I got over the fear of the bad news, because the bad news is going to happen anyways, you just get used to it within the industry, mm-hmm. like production slow, things get delayed. We're trying our best. Everyone's trying their best, hopefully. So yeah. the day that they start calling every day to see like, Hey, what's on the schedule today? Are you going to be there? Are you going to be there tomorrow? What's on the schedule? What'd you get done? Those type of things. Even if you're not a pushy, pushy person where you get mad when they're not at your house or getting stuff done, at least if you're in their mind, they start to come around more and do more mm-hmm. and they're more receptive to you. Just the communication, just that alone. Call the contractor every day. Even if you know they're not on site, just give them a call and it's going to work wonders for, for either the homeowner or for you or anybody that you're dealing with. So you just need to be best friend then, right? That's what is that? 
So you're basically just making a new best friend. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And that's really, that's really accurate. Like if you, you know, when I worked in the first remodeling company, we, cause we did outdoor remodels that we did a lot with general contractors, the more they hear from you, yes, you do become a pain in their butt. However, they appreciate that yep. uh, to a certain extent because they're like, well, I don't have to call her. She's going to call me about up oh, here. She is right here. And, yep. you know, because you're used to having that conversation with them, even if they tell you bad news, you just say, okay, well, what can we do? You know, does, what is this effect? Okay. Let's move forward. Let's keep on going. Then, you know, contractors are human. If they like working with you, they will work harder for you and they will send referrals your way. And they, because they want to work with you, not the, you know, the hothead, the, calls and blows up every two weeks so you're right communication and just get ripping the band-aid off and getting it over with actually works out in the end for everybody involved yeah and you said right like we're all human we're trying our best and everybody's job there's stuff that falls to the cracks unless you are just a dominant person that just never lets anything slip kind of robotic, but I'm sure there's somebody out there that does that. But you have to understand that they're also taking on X amount of projects and they've got to juggle a lot too. So just to stay top of mind of what's going on, not in an angry tone, like you were saying, don't blow up on them. Just say, what's the status? Haven't been there. Even if you've been there, haven't been there, what's going on? Everything going all right. It could be a quick 30 second phone call and that's about it. But yeah, you get referrals and, um, the the contractors that I work with, I actually just ran into my HVAC guy at Home Depot this morning. He was walking in, I was walking out. And yesterday I had a air conditioner go down in one of my rentals. And I called him at nine. I was like, hey, I know you're super busy, but I've got an air conditioner down. Just let me know when you can get me on your schedule. And he's like, I'll be there in 30 minutes. So he's he pushed back one uh, spring, summer tune-up for AC to fit a repair in for me. And I was like, you didn't have to do that. I just was saying whenever you can get to it. He's like, no, you, you communicate, you pay on time. You're nice to work with. I'll get stuff done. And I was like, Mm -hmm. man, there's some credibility to it. And like, as you get in it, it just keeps spinning and spinning. You get more contractors like that. And then that leads to more clients because they know you get stuff done. Yeah, so, yeah. Keep building that empire. I sure will. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for the people that are either in real estate or they're doing home remodeling, dealing with contractors, what's one thing that you just have this resonate in your mind as you're going through this project or when you're dealing with this contractor or when something pops up, remember this. Do you have any like tip for them or words of wisdom? Read the contract. Uh, yes. read the contract, read the contract. And did I mention read the contract? Yeah. Um, I worked for companies that have slid stuff into their contract. I have helped friends and family with those types of contracts. And I will tell you, read the contract. <laughs> I yeah. mean, that really will save you a lot of heartache. And then 
whatever they tell you the time frame is, add a month and <laughs> make that your expectation. Therefore, if they do it ahead of time, you are happy. And if it comes in at that month, at least you weren't upset about it. Right. I think those would be my right. two. Yeah. And if I was going to add anything to your read the contract, read the contract, read the contract, make sure what you talk to the contractor about is in the contract. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. there's been so many cases where like, yep, we'll get that done. And then it slips their mind, it slips your mind. And then you get to the point where you're like, oh, this was supposed to go in. They're like, sorry, it wasn't in the contract. Nothing I can do. Mm-hmm. And then it's their word versus yours. And it just gets muddy and... and- blows out of proportion every time yeah read the contract also i would say um so anything i've done around my house with the contractor that i have not done personally i keep like a running punch list throughout the entire job so if i see anything or um i feel like i need to bring up anything i keep it listed so that when i do see the contractor i like to you know, say, okay, hey, I was thinking about this, this, and this, what's this, or what's that, you know, the punch list, they, any decent contractor is going to want to fulfill that punch list, because again, that's referrals, that's, you know, their reputation. So if you keep a running punch list, and you don't forget anything, they're going to want to come take care of it. And you're going to be happy if you forget to do it, and you wait three, four weeks, then they're, either a they're not going to answer b they're going to have to work you in the schedule and that could take weeks or longer for them to get back out there um Mm -hmm. you know just be prepared be be ready for that part yeah yeah i mean you said it perfectly i i can't add anything to that it's awesome (laughs) um natasha we're what time are we at we are Are you cut me off Natasha yells at me if we go over an hour. I am. It is about time. We do have to let her go because she did come on her lunch break today. All right. Uh, But if anybody wants to get a hold of you, is there a good way for them to be able to get a hold of you? Um, There's so many ways. I would say the easiest way is just um, to email me. Uh, That's, you know, I'm a slave to my email. <laughs> I look at it all day, every day. It's something I keep up with. And it's just uh, lbrock, B-R-O-C-K at gmail.com. Uh, I'm also on Instagram under at lbrock84. You can find me in either either venues. Um, and that's, those are, those are the best ways, really. Perfect. We'll make sure to include all that information in our show notes as well. Um, but we really appreciate you coming on today and sacrificing lunch time for us. <laughs> yeah, it's perfectly okay. I appreciate it. I love talking about remodeling and especially because that's you know that's my passion. I love to I love to get in there and break stuff down and build stuff again. So yeah, well, if I have anybody come across uh, my desk that's looking for some because I don't make things look pretty. When people come to me, they're like, what sink do you want in? I was on, I want one that runs and it needs to be this big. You pick out <laughs> colors, material, go for it. I'll put it in. Um, so if anybody comes through and is looking for some advice, I'll definitely pass them your way. Even if it's just a conversation right now. Um, sure. Just to talk real estate. Um, That'll be perfect. But we appreciate your time. Thank you so much for coming on episode 29 and a half and redoing <laughs> half of it. Thank you. Um, 
But we got video on this one, which I really like. Yes, this is Same. fun. So we appreciate it. We'll put all of your information in the show notes. Um, Perfect. So that if anybody listening has any questions about interior design or windows, if their windows no. are tinted, they'll give you a call. Oh boy. And I will let them know to look for the gas. It's okay. Or <laughs> hey, if any uh, interesting uh, brokers want to exactly. <laughs> reach out. Perfect. Exactly. Interesting exactly. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Well, have well, a perfect. great rest of your day. Have a wonderful weekend. Thank you. Happy birthday to your baby. Thank you so much. Right. Bye, guys. We'll see you soon. See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.